girl. Hey, girl. I'm Carmen. And I'm Tyler Janae. This is the Friendly Black Girls podcast, and we We are the Friendly Black Girls. We are back at the Friendly Black Girls podcast. Super excited to be here today. Carmen, how are you doing? You look fabulous. Thank you. Are you liking my winter white? I love it. Where's your favorite place to shop? Girl, I hope the people don't get at me in the comments, but Fashion Nova. Well, Fashion Nova be hitting every single uh, time. They never miss for me. So. Shoes, outfits, two-piece sets, all that good stuff. Yes, ma'am. So, uh, how are you? I'm fabulous, actually. Um, I'm still a sheen girl, trying to transition. Yeah. They're going to tear you up in the comments. I know, I know. I'm, I'm working on it. Um, please suggest some place in the comments. Um, but today, we're talking about mental health yes. and friendships. Yes. So, did you know that... A predictor of long life is the amount of positive social connections that you have. So I'm going to go ahead and play a quick video here. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts. Okay. One predictor of a long life is the number of positive social connections that you have. Really? Yes. And I I thought it's going to be exercise. It's going to be exercise on top because (laughs) of my first book. But no, exercise is, I don't know, three or four or five. It is social connections. And it doesn't have to be that, you know, girlfriend that you've had since third grade. It can be positive interactions that you have with the barista at your coffee shop. Mm. Having that positive banter, giving them a a little punch in the arm and they get it, give it back to you. That, that counts, which I love thinking about that. I feel like we kind of knew that because mm-hmm. we're a part of the Black Girl Social Club. Yes, so we clearly. know how important <laughs> friendship is. But I feel like so many other people don't know that. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you played that clip. Um, I often tell people when my father passed away, I feel like one of the reasons is because he didn't have a whole bunch of friends mm-hmm. uh, in his, or he didn't have a community. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I lived in Atlanta. He was living in Virginia by himself. So I feel like if he would have had a larger friend group, maybe he would have lived a lot longer. Just somebody mm-hmm. to tap him on the shoulder and be like, hey, what's up with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's up with your health? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I, I love that. Yeah, I love it too. And mm-hmm. now we have a professional here with us today. How are you doing today, Miss Taylor? I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Thank you. Good. Yes. We're super excited to have you here with with us today as we get into the topic of mental health mm-hmm. and friendships. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you yeah. got into the mental health industry? For sure. So uh, how I got in is a whole nother story. I was initially going to do business. I was going to be working for a large bank and then life changed. I became a therapist. I have a private practice focusing on helping people shift their attachment style from insecure to secure attachment. And the thing about attachment is most people come upon attachment styles because they're having issues with their romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. But our attachment is the undercurrent under all of our relationships. So I love that we're talking about friendships because it so often gets left out, but our attachment style shows up there as well. So I help people Mm -hmm. shift from anxiety and avoidance in relationships to being more relaxed and confident in their relationships, friendships included. Wow, that's amazing. So I love to hear that friendship is kind of a new arena for you Totally, in terms of talking about attachment. So explain attachment, um, I guess, styles to us. What does that mean? Yeah, so it's essentially defining how you relate, Hmm. how you relate. So there are four different 
insecure attachment styles, there's one secure attachment style. Regardless of which insecure style you have, the mm -hmm. goal is to get to secure. Okay. okay. The shortest way to put it is that insecure attachment shows up as anxiety or avoidance or a mix of both in the same person. Ooh. Okay. So anxiety in relationships might look like I'm ruminating about mistakes that I've made or that I think that I've made. Um, a big one that comes up a lot are communication lapses. So you didn't text me back when I thought you would text me back. And then what serious. do I it's very serious. That's a serious it's very thing. I do not say that lightly at all. I would say that's top five things that like trigger someone mm -hmm. into their anxiety or communication mm -hmm. lapses when I thought I, I was expecting you and I didn't get you. Mm -hmm. And so anxiety can come up, can up, come up in that way. Avoidance shows up, especially when feelings are getting more intense. And then I actually want to withdraw from you. When insecure attachment, when feelings get higher or more developed, I actually want to draw closer to you. So avoidance mm -hmm. is actually dysfunctional um, when we're talking about insecure attachment. So people who are insecure, they're anxious or avoidant or a mix of both in the same person. And so we want to shift you over to secure. Again, secure oh. being people who have healthy relationships with things like trust, vulnerability, safety. And they're able to establish it within themselves and with other people. Hmm. That is really, really deep. We're going to get more into it in a minute. <laughs> mm -hmm. First, I want to hear your thoughts on this petty little post that we found on the Instagram. <laughs> All right. Um, and I don't want to call it petty because I don't want to make it seem like it's not important, but mm -hmm. it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So anyway, um, a girl that I follow posted this on her Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. And she said... My client enrichment, and we'll put it up on the screen for you all. My client enrichment just said some real ish. Imagine being someone's friend and being demoted to an associate without notice. Either way, it's okay, but it's important to be clear with those boundaries when they change. Mm. So I, I don't think I've ever thought about like being demoted from a bestie or a friend to an associate. Mm -hmm. But when something like that does happen expert tell us <laughs> what should we do how should we be feeling how do we communicate as the one demoted I or guess, the demoter yeah, or like that's okay. the, the, demoted. the one that was demoted. the one who was demoted okay so first i'll say that oftentimes someone doesn't make a shift like that unless the other person is like unless it's literally happening like if mm -hmm. we are not no longer aligned in that way the other person may not be conscious of it or they may be in denial about it mm -hmm. but chances are there's a reason why. Like, we don't just make those kinds of shifts out of nowhere. Yeah. And so that's the first thing that I'll point out. Um, so one might just be, if you are the one who was demoted, maybe I really need to think about why. Mm. And I might actually agree and be afraid of losing the relationship rather than actually being willing to adjust to what the relationship now has become, has evolved into or devolved into. And then actually, I think we might need to even put an asterisk next to demoted. Because the way that I like to think about it in terms of like, for example, a breakup or any sort of rejection in mm -hmm. relationships, it can feel like a loss, but then you really, what I want to ask yourself, is it, what am I really losing? If mm -hmm. we are not actually that anymore, then our best thing to do is to just be what we actually are, which might not be what we were. Is that a demotion or is it just reality? I don't know that I would assign necessarily a negative charge to it mm -hmm. if it's actually in alignment with who we are now. Huh. Maybe there was just a transition. Yeah, for sure. Transition. And, and, and yeah. if you're being demoted, like you said, it, there must have been a, some conversations mm. that were happening before this. Maybe. Or some conversations that were avoided. Oh. Yeah, because people can ghost out of friendships. Me. 
Uh, I'm sorry. That's because, no, because yeah. you brought up you brought up avoidant, mm-hmm. and that is me at my core. Like yeah. I don't like to have those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. And so what I do notice about myself is I'll just kind of start inching and inching and inching away. And the next thing you know, my friend is like, "What happened? Like, how come you didn't tell me that there was a problem?" Mm-hmm. Um, so ghosting is something I've done before okay. in friendships. I'm just being 100, yeah. right? Because I love that you're being 100. Yeah, okay. let's be honest, right? Yeah. Like we we we're all not perfect friends, but mm-hmm. we're trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the talks of being demoted, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say are some some big reasons why you would demote someone in a friendship? Ooh, that's a great question. That's a great question. I think that transition sticks out to me. Mm. Transition stands out. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's really not a personal thing. Like it's, I don't look at it as like a what's the word? Like a deflection to say like, it's not you, it's me. Sometimes it really is me. Mm -hmm. Where like, it's really not something personal I feel about you. I love you. I like you. I still want to find a way for us to be in relationship. Mm -hmm. But it's just not, we're just not in the same place. So to me and in my life, it's been transitions that have been the biggest thing. And we're just not sinking. Um, And it depends on the person whether or not I'm going to have an explicit conversation about it or not. Because Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, it's not always necessary to make it so plain or to even try. Mm. Like not every relationship is worth the attempts and like the difficult conversation. See? I don't think so. Now, <laughs> no, now, no, no, no. Avoidance is a habit though. Okay. Uh, we want to make some room for some conversation. Got, got okay. No, <laughs> Being willing to have the conversation and then having discernment to know when to have the conversation or if to have the conversation. Mm. It's a different question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. So... Just talking about, so we already talked about demotion, mm-hmm. okay? So let's talk about emotions. Ooh, I love all emotions. All right, and mm-hmm. just how they show up in our relationships, yeah. how they show up in our friendships. Um, and sometimes we can be dealing with friends that may be very emotional, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So navigating that and then even getting beyond the emotional friends, the friends that are dealing with mental health challenges mm-hmm. or anxiety, depression, or any mm-hmm. any number of those things. Um how do those challenges, mental health challenges, impact our friendships over time? Great question. Mm-hmm. Um, so awareness is always something that I want to keep in mind and on the forefront of the conversation. Because sometimes when, if that's happening, whether like a, a mental health issue like depression, like anxiety, those are mm-hmm. two big ones, of course. And there's a range of experiences that you can have with that. But let's say that it's you having that experience or someone else. Oftentimes mm-hmm. we're just not aware of how it's spilling over. Mm-hmm. And like, I might be thinking that I'm asking for help when really maybe I'm asking to be saved. Those are two different things. Ooh. So sometimes we're really not aware. So it's really important with to know that, okay, if someone is dumping, let's talk about like a trauma dump. Let's. Okay. Someone is trauma <laughs> dumping. You are their outlet. Mm-hmm. It's important for you as the receiver to have your own boundaries and be willing mm-hmm. to set them and maintain them mm-hmm. while also relating to that person in love. What we need to understand then is that you don't have any responsibility for how they take it. And it's a really tricky situation. It's kind of, it's really a pickle, mm-hmm. right? We're like, it okay, is. I want to be able to maintain boundaries. I cannot, I'm 
we hear this kind of thing all the time. Like, I'm, I love you. I'm not, I don't want to be your therapist. Like, I'm, the, mm-hmm. I'm a literal therapist. I don't want to be my friend's therapist. Yeah, you never thought about that. Good lord. And so it's important to have yeah. boundaries with that, and to also know that it's not selfish, it's not rude, it's not mean to maintain it. Boundaries are there to help us to keep a relationship, not to keep you out of relationship with me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. someone might. Um, be requesting something of you that you are not in a position to meet. You're not, you can't meet them where they're at. And sometimes you don't want to, sometimes you can, and you just don't want to, and that's okay. Okay. So on one end being the receiver of the trauma dump, are you willing to have boundaries? Right. And are you willing to maintain them? And on the other end, if you are the dumper, being more aware of like what you are really expecting from someone when you are doing that kind of sharing, Mm -hmm. Right. Like I don't we don't have like rigid lines of say this, don't say that. But being aware of the impact you're having on someone is really important. Yeah. So thinking about a friendship that I was in where that was happening all the time, just emotional dumping, 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 dumping. Mm -hmm. dumping. And Mm -hmm. we eventually got around to having a conversation one day and it wasn't like a planned conversation. We were just talking and she said, you know, I never thought about how. Because I told her, I said, I feel anxious when you call Mm -hmm. me. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, I've never thought about how you feel when I call you. And I'm like, damn, after decades. Mm -hmm. She's she's been doing this for decades. Mm -hmm. And that has never crossed her mind. So to your point, sometimes people just really are not thinking about that. And we start to grow this resentment. Like, oh, my God, I wish she would, like, stop calling me with this foolishness. Mm -hmm. Um, But something else you said about sometimes just not wanting to. And I Mm -hmm. know for some people that might feel harsh or that Mm -hmm. might be like a trigger. It's like... That does that make me a bad friend mm. because I don't want to do this? Mm. Like, um, so I guess Tyler, I want to ask you: Have you ever been in a situation like that where you have a friend that's dumping and you just like you had to tell them like I don't want to do this right now? Yeah, the, it, yeah. it happens. Yeah. I feel like it's a it's a thing that happens in friendships all the time. Mm. Um, with the trauma dumping, I think friends can easily get upset when they try when you when I'll say for an example, you're venting to mm-hmm. someone, to your friend, and your friend comes back with advice, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, like, it's a, a guy, right, mm-hmm. that you're dating, and you're just constantly like, and he just keeps doing this, and he keeps doing that, your friend just has had enough, right? <laughs> and they're like, look, you need yeah. to stop talking to him, or I don't want to talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those friends are kind of considered to be bad friends mm-hmm. by some people, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, oh, mm-hmm. just because I'm not listening to your advice, mm-hmm. you know, that makes you a but bad you friend. But you still need to listen to me. It, don't. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think I think for me, I in my situation, I had to just be honest with her. Like right now, I just don't have the mental capacity mm-hmm. to listen to this. Like I love you, you know, and I yeah. wish the best for you, but right now I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And she took that in a very good way, oh, mm-hmm. and it caused her to go seek therapy, go seek someone mm-hmm. who was certified to tell her the right mm-hmm. things to do. Um, Heavy on the certification for sure, because <laughs> baby. Listen, and <laughs> it's crazy because we were just talking about Molly and Issa on the last episode. Mm-hmm. And one of the episodes, Issa kind of suggested to Molly that she might need to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And Molly got really, really upset. Mm-hmm. Like, so what you trying to say? I need to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And Issa was like, mm, maybe. Yeah. Um. So when you notice that a friend is at a point that they need to go seek help, is it appropriate to say that to them? Like, hey, maybe you should go seek 
professional help. For sure, it's appropriate and advised, encouraged is a better word to put it. Um, now, again, that's like how the person receives that and what they do with that information. That's up to them. Mm-hmm. But encouraged to encourage them mm-hmm. <laughs> to go ask someone else that can actually help. And I have to, I do that in my even with clients that I have. Sometimes I'm not the therapist for them. And so it's like I think about it in, in, in personal life the same way. Refer you out. Like I can do that in love. I care about you. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm encouraging this. It's not that I don't like you. I actually like you so much yeah. that I want you to go to the right person that has the capacity to do this and the training to do this for you. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a, a tricky one, y'all. It's mm-hmm. going to be tough. Do you all think that it's ever okay to end a friendship because someone is going through a mental health issue or challenge? Like, they've been going through a bout of depression for years. Like, they don't mm-hmm. seem to be... And, and and if you're clinically depressed, you may very well <clears throat> never get to a point where you're never depressed. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. so. Um, or anxiety mm-hmm. or what have you. Do you think it's okay, I'll ask you, Tyler, first, Mm -hmm. to end a friendship with a person because they're going through something that they just can't really help? Mm -hmm. That's a really hard question. Yeah, (laughs) that's a very hard question. This is real conversations Mm -hmm. with real people because I know for me, I'll say, I've been in this situation where I'm just like, yo, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know if I can't help you. Mm. I think I think the issue I think it becomes an issue when that person is not actively seeking help for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like if there's someone who is going through a depression or anxiety or whatever and they're actively seeking help and they're doing the things that they need to do and they're using the tools that they need to be using, mm-hmm. then I think it's easier to navigate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if Every week, you calling me about the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm your therapist on the mm-hmm. side. You're claiming you're going to therapy, but I know you're going in there lying to that lady. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying to her because you can't. You keep coming out the same way you went in. The same way. Like, yeah. What, I, I can't do this with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, like, mm-hmm. is it fair to be like, yo, I mean... <clears throat> I'm good. I think that's when we get back into the people pleasing yeah. situation. You know, mm-hmm. like I feel like if I'm constantly allowing you to treat me this way, you know, what does mm-hmm. that say about me mm-hmm. as an individual? So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll bring it back to you. What what are what are your thoughts? That's Do you right. feel like that's it's the yeah. <laughs> I think it's always fair to make the decision that is good. Well, always that's a big word. That's yeah. a big, I'm gonna say most of the time. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, because yeah, it's not always most of the time. It is fair to make the decision that is in your best interest. Um, relate friendship should be reciprocal. I think. Let me get to the bottom line here. A mm-hmm. sense of like sometimes we have a sense of like obligation or responsibility for someone that's not actually ours. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it might be something that you've assumed is your role to them, or mm-hmm. something that maybe you have even agreed to be this for them, and you're oh, no longer that. I'm gonna help you do mm-hmm. this, and I'm gonna help yeah. you find this. Yeah, yeah. And now like you've you've tapped out, or you're just not in a position to give that, or you just don't want to do that anymore. Whatever yeah. it is. Um, sometimes we have a sense of guilt 
obligation, duty, responsibility that's not actually ours. And so being aware of, and this is a practice, it's a very simple practice I've asked so many clients to do for different reasons, but it applies here as well, to write down the list of responsibilities that have been explicitly given to you or implicitly or implicit, like you have assumed it Mm -hmm. to be yours um, and literally just writing it out. And Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see what we think that we're responsible for with other people. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. that would blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That would blow Mm -hmm. my mind. And I think you make you make a good point about the fairness of it. Just being both of you being fair to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not always trying to be fair to other people. Just mm. being fair to yourself, I think, is um, important. Um, you have any other questions before we move on? Yeah, I want to know, <laughs> like, how do you know when it's time to stop? that mm. friendship based yeah, on Yeah, what are the signs? Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when is enough enough? Yeah. I think you gave a great example, Carmen, when you said like, when you call me, I feel anxious. Mm-hmm. So nervous system, our nervous system, which has, there's different ways that our nervous system manifests. Some people are going to shake. Some people get hot. Some people get cold. Some people get sweaty, whatever. That's like your nervous system speaking to mm-hmm. you. And it's a sign that there's a boundary that's not being respected, or maybe you have not even put it out. You haven't even said it. And so first just being aware of like, okay, if I'm feeling a level of anxiety or avoidance, it's interesting. I'd like to see y'all have a conversation about that because you probably have different attachment styles. Mm -hmm. That requires 100%. We'll have it back to discuss. We'll talk about that another time. I'm going to pin that for a moment. Um, So... If I'm experiencing, if I'm feeling like I have to avoid you or I'm getting, I I feel like I am compelled to respond to you even when I don't want to, those are signs that there's something that is out of whack. There's Mm -hmm. something that I'm doing or being asked to do that's out of alignment with really like my comfort zone, my needs and what whatever, what my needs are in this relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's a sign. And then after that, if I become aware of that and then I express that to you and you still are impeding on this boundary, that's a sign that we've crossed over into a zone where we might have to readjust our friendship or expectations of each other. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you ever have friends come in to come in to talk to you about them having issues i have had that but it was really a romantic undertone so they were calling each other friends Um. or bringing this person up like as if like this is my best friend but i was like the feelings are so intense like y'all go together y'all go together or someone wants more and that's interesting too like if you're having these really intense emotional reactions to a friend same sex or opposite sex sometimes there is a romantic undertone undertone Mm -hmm. going on you know i actually went to friendship therapy I suggested that um, a friend of mine, a past friend of mine, that we go to therapy. And it was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, the therapist said, I've never had friends come in before. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. It didn't work. It didn't help (laughs) us. But we tried. (laughs) We tried. Uh, We know that you have to head out. But where can people Mm -hmm. find you? Do you you know if they want to come get therapy from you? Mm -hmm. How do they find you? Yeah. So you can find me at I am Taylor Chandler on everything. So that's my website. I am Taylor Chandler dot com. On Instagram, on TikTok, I am Taylor Chandler. All right. Well, we enjoyed having you. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. But we hope that you'll stick around for the rest of the show. So we're back with our listener questions. We have a question out of Jacksonville, Florida. She wants to know, how often do you think you should hear from a close friend? That's a tricky one because what is a close friend? Hmm. Right, because it's 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 not a best friend. Yeah, it's not an acquaintance. It's not just a friend. It's a close friend. Okay, so close friend, not the close friends on Instagram. 
like okay. green circle. Okay. So we're okay. going to eliminate them. Okay. So a close friend to me would be somebody that you don't necessarily talk to every single day, mm-hmm. but they may have been to your house. Mm-hmm. You know, they know your spouse, um, you know, that kind of thing. You might loan, you'll loan them $50 that they ask. Okay. Well, I would yeah. say, I would say for me, when it comes to dealing with a close friend, I would say if I hear from them, maybe, you know, a couple times a month. I'm not somebody who needs, you know, constant yeah. communication. If it was my best friend, then I need to hear from you a couple times a week. Yeah, for you're sure. my best friend. What yeah. do you think? Um, If you are my best friend, yeah, I think I should hear from you at least once a week. Yeah. Um, Close friend, I say once or twice a month. Yeah, okay. We're on you the same page You know what I mean? Like, one. girl, you need to hit me up to see if I want to go hit that brunch. Mm-hmm. You need to hit me up to congratulate me on my newest venture and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. Because so. if not, then what could happen? They could get demoted. No, they get demoted. <laughs> <laughs> you are fired. Um, all right, next question. Next question. All right, so we have a friend who is talking about someone being needy, needy, needy. So okay. the question says, I have a friend who is so, so many O's, so <laughs> needy. She always has an issue that needs to be solved. And recently things have gotten worse because she just broke up with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. At this point, she feels like she needs 24-7 support, needs to vent all the time. And she doesn't see how or where she's trying to get herself out of this predicament. Okay. She says she feels like all that they do is talk about her problems and she is drained. She said, help. Been there. Tell us more. Good there. I mean, I just feel like this is a scenario where, just like we talked about earlier, we got to have that tough conversation. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to have the conversation, then I think at that point you got to kind of cut the cord. Mm-hmm. Because friendships are supposed to be mutually beneficial. Yeah. They're supposed to be, you're supposed to enjoy being in friendship. Mm-hmm. Just like in a relationship. Um a romantic relationship, you wouldn't want to be with a husband or a wife that you got to consistently loan money. You got to consistently hear about their bad day every time they come mm-hmm. home from work. They ain't nothing. You know, it's, a, it's some people out there, ain't nothing good ever going on in their life. They're always the victim. And it's all, they're always the victim. And it's like, well, girl, <laughs> take a look at the man in the mirror. Okay. Um. So I think for me, just knowing the kind of person I am, my advice would be, hey, Try to have a conversation. I'm all about giving it a good college try to have a conversation. But mm-hmm. if the conversation can't be had or there is there is no fruit from the conversation, then there's nothing else you can do about it. I feel like yeah. you've been all you can be and done all you can do. Yeah, I would I would agree. I yeah. think that, you know, friends have their seasons, right, where they go through things like breakups. Mm-hmm. And so I would give them the grace for maybe like a month, two months, maybe even three months, you know. Yeah. But when it starts to get, you know, six months to a year to two years, and you're talking about the same thing, then the conversation. Like Jerome don't want you no more. <laughs> like why Not do Jerome. we have to keep every day? It's a lot. It's a lot. So I would agree with you. <laughs> Have the conversation, but offer a little bit of grace if it yes. hasn't been going on for too long. Yeah, grace is all, should always be at the forefront, but eventually you got to offer yourself some grace. For sure. And they need to be offering you grace as well. I agree. I agree. This has been an amazing podcast episode. We yeah. really appreciate you all for tuning in. Until next time, remember being a good sister will keep you blessed, and having a good sister is a blessing. Cheers to to that. that. And follow us on Instagram at the Black Girl Social Club. See you next time. Bye. Bye.